Hello, and welcome to Align Your Mind. My name is Chelsea Tanner. I'm a flutist and a mindset coach for musicians who want to succeed in their careers, but also want to enjoy their lives. Today, I'm talking about a topic that I've thought about for a very long time and has come up in my own life, in my coaching, and something I think that isn't talked about enough, and that is the idea of scarcity in the classical music industry. I have... 10 years of music school under my belt. I've played in orchestras around the country. I've been a professor at two universities and I've been around classical music my entire life. Both of my parents are classical violinists, professional violinists. And I see musicians fall into this trap of scarcity over and over and it makes total sense. There isn't a huge demand for symphony orchestras or for classical music or like right now, I mean, before in the pandemic, when we couldn't even go to live concerts, there's not always enough demand to meet the supply of students graduating from music schools. There just isn't. And I'm saying this from my perspective as a lifelong musician who has worked insanely hard to become the very best that they could be, but also a mindset coach. I coach people every day on their mindset, musicians, every day. And I get to see the ins and outs of how people think and how classical music culture has shaped their views. It's fascinating the patterns that I've come to recognize. And the thing that I've noticed when looking at my own mind as well as my clients is the scarcity involved in the industry, in the art form, and how it's taught. Let's first define scarcity. It means the state of being scarce or in short supply, a shortage. When you feel scarce, you likely think there isn't enough of something. I have talked to so many musicians about their mindset and the tendencies and problems that they have. And I have to say one of the most common things I hear, especially from people who've gone through music school, is that they don't feel like they're good enough or doing enough or working hard enough. This isn't surprising because, well, there are truly not enough salary or even part-time positions for everyone. This job scarcity is internalized by the time we're out of undergrad, if not out of high school, right? No one, no one's gotten out of going into music without someone saying, oh, well, how are you going to make money, right? And it's often used as a scare tactic to create motivation among students. People are told that they have to outwork the competition, that they don't want to be the person that didn't practice enough and in the process of trying to scare people into practicing people internalize that it's never going to be enough so we're caught between a rock and a hard place because we're told that there's always room at the top i've literally been in a master class when people say this and since we've given everything in our lives to do this one thing and probably some of our our family's resources to do this one thing and the support of our teachers, and we so closely identify it with it. Like, what are we going to do? Are we just going to quit? Lose our identity? No, we're going to try to be the best because that's what we have. That's our thing. That's what we're good at. It's what people have told us we're talented at our whole lives. 
And because giving up or the thought of it, at least when I was a young musician, I didn't, it, it, it meant that I didn't have what it took. That's what I interpreted quitting as, or I wasn't good enough, which is ironic if you get through this entire podcast. <laughs> and if that's what we decide, if we decide to do this all the way, it becomes all encompassing. And there's no opportunities you don't take. And to quote a famous orchestral musician in a masterclass, you can't win auditions you don't take. I totally, I totally agree with the logistics of that. It's, it is impossible to win an audition that you don't take. But I've taken four auditions in a month before because I followed this advice. And it didn't go great. It wasn't good for my mental health or my well-being, but I wasn't concerned with that at the time because I thought that the way I would feel good enough is if I got a job or practiced more. Not only this, but it's the pressure you feel after dropping hundreds of dollars to play for 10 minutes. It's honestly so insane. This job scarcity drives so many musicians to achieve anything at all costs and it mostly costs them their mental health now there is a trend going around online on instagram in the flute community at least i think the larger classical music community that has amazed and delighted me there are posts about finding your own path prioritizing rest something that was like really not in vogue when i was in school (laughs) there are countless you know, memes that are being debunked, you know, by people who um, say you should like always be practicing. And there's always sort of that joke, even like the two set violin guys on YouTube have that like 40 hours a day t-shirt. And obviously that's a joke, but it's based in reality, like play 40 hours a day. It's literally impossible. It's a joke because it's true. That's kind of what's expected. This constant pressure we put on ourselves not only to be the best, but to never mess up is insanely high. I know someone whose teacher told them, you're only as good as your last performance. What? If you believe that and actually believe that, your confidence, the highs and lows of the roller coaster you're going to put yourself on is crazy. There's also one of my favorites. There's always someone working harder than you, right? To try to get people to practice. Teachers actually say this stuff. And let's just say there's no doing the bare minimum and getting away with it in classical music, which is exhausting. And as for these scare tactics by seasoned musicians, I just hope we can do a bit better in the future. There's a way to positively motivate students that doesn't lead them to believe they're always behind and not doing enough. And I know that these teachers probably do not mean to instill this mindset in so many young musicians, but in a world of social media where competition and comparison are rampant, I think everyone should be a bit more mindful. I used to be afraid to mess up. I was so scared of how I would treat myself if I did. 
I would make it mean I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't like the successful musicians, that it wasn't part of that, that like club somehow. Musicians are extremely hard on themselves and it creates results, don't get me wrong. But there's a difference between getting a result and feeling scarce and getting a result and feeling confident. This is where mindset comes into play. If you feel scarce still, like it still isn't enough, doesn't matter how many jobs you win. If that's your thought, that's how you're going to feel. You're going to feel like you're inadequate. The good enough paradox is a term that I made up and I did an episode on it a few episodes ago, but it is when we use the belief that we aren't good enough in order to motivate ourselves to practice more and take more action so we can finally prove to ourselves that we are good enough. This is basically negative motivation in a little bit more specific terms. This is an inherently scarce thought. I'm not good enough. It's the scarcity of what good is. There isn't enough good. So when you think the thought, I'm not good enough, and that is in relation to the thing you have dedicated your life to, all of your time and energy for years. It's the thing you're good at, or you're supposed to be talented at. It's like what people told us. When we feel inadequate, about the thing that you've probably sacrificed everything for. That is why so many musicians feel miserable. Now this feeling is probably also one of the most common that musicians feel. Everything we do is inherently a competition because there is such job scarcity. So trying to navigate this world in a mentally healthy way is an uphill climb to begin with. To really open to the, be open to the idea that there's room for everybody when we're not told that ever is really difficult. So the reason I know these things so intimately is because this is the way I used to operate. This was my mindset. I wanted so badly to be part of the successful musicians in the industry to get into the conservatories, the really good schools, and somehow prove that I was good enough. And that was my motivation for a really long time and to prove all the people who said that I shouldn't go into music or said that it wasn't, there wasn't a career for me in performance. I wanted to prove them wrong. So let me break this down, my mindset of what it was. So my circumstance, my neutral, kind of the neutral fact of the situation in my life was that I played the flute, right? I have a lot of thoughts about the fact that I play the flute and where I should be, quote unquote, in my career or what I should sound like, but I factually just play the flute and I had this thought that I'm not good enough. So when I thought that and I held that belief, that belief made me feel inadequate. And then when I felt inadequate, I tried to overcompensate by practicing more and taking every possible opportunity I could to get positive feedback. I applied for endless competitions, auditions, and festivals and say yes to everything I could, but I never checked in with myself or validated myself in any way. Playing for as many people as possible so I could get good and confused on how I was actually supposed to play the excerpts, not rely on myself, and then just not really make concrete decisions. 
if I got the notes right, I'd be like, okay, well, maybe that'll be good enough and not ever ask myself if I liked how I was playing. And it was exhausting. And the result of all that action was that I never changed my mind. I just somehow proved that I still wasn't good enough because I wasn't trusting myself. I wasn't trusting my own opinion. I wasn't building confidence for myself. I was just trying to make other people see that I was good. The craziest, most bonkers part of all of this is that I'm not good enough is not true inherently. I'm not good enough is just a thought I had once. And my brain ran with it. Someone may have said it to you at some point if this is where you are, which totally sucks. And that should never come out of a person's mouth, in my opinion. But you don't have to believe them. More importantly, if you're sitting there thinking you're not good enough right now, you don't have to believe yourself. This I'm not good enough way of thinking is the cause of imposter syndrome because your motivation is from a place of scarcity, of not enoughness. And when you practice that thought, over and over again it becomes a belief. You practice feeling inadequate. You practice the thought that you're not good enough. So when you finally do maybe white knuckle it hard enough to get the job or the competition or the dream school or whatever, your brain doesn't automatically switch. It does what it's practiced, which is scarcity. Sorry about the sirens. (laughs) I live in New York. This is where we are. I've literally heard people say, I don't want to think I'm too good because then I won't practice. If this mindset's comfortable for you, you want to keep doing it because it quote unquote works. Musicians are sometimes even scared to let go of the idea that they're not good enough altogether. And I want us to pause for a minute. As a mindset coach, I know that our thoughts and beliefs create our feelings and emotions. This is this thought that I'm not good enough is going to create this feeling of inadequacy. Always. It's not going to magically not, it's not going to make you feel confident. If someone doesn't give up that thought or disprove it or work to improve their own thinking, they will always feel inadequate for as long as they believe that thought. And I want to be clear, it doesn't mean that you are inadequate if you feel inadequate because feelings are not facts. This also plays into how we handle rejection. If you hold the belief that you're not good enough, when you get rejected, it hits you like a ton of bricks. Because someone of authority is proving your negative beliefs about you true. The trick here is that you can hold the belief that you're good enough for the job and still not get the job. It's how you take your power back. You think things about you on purpose. It still sucks to get rejected. 
but you don't have to mean that you suck. (laughs) That's a decision that you can make. On top of the fact that this I'm not good enough thought tends to create less than desirable results, it can be the root of self-sabotage, which we talked about last time. If you don't believe that you're good enough to win an audition, you likely won't. You'll bail on yourself in little ways, on your practicing. If you don't believe you're good enough, why would you practice an extra 15 minutes? Will you go all out because if you truly don't believe it's possible, you won't. Your brain isn't going to think it's worth it. I caught myself not believing I could win most of the auditions that I've taken, actually. Um, This is before I knew that Believing in myself was something I could choose and practice. Knowing that you're good enough is a choice. How do you know if you're a good musician? You decide. I know I am because I'm, I decided I am on purpose. And I look for evidence to prove it. So many people don't know they can do this. And I know I'm good enough because I choose to believe I'm good enough. And this is a thing most people don't naturally think. (laughs) They don't naturally think they're amazing. And our brain has a negativity bias. We're wired for scarcity. We're wired to think about the worst case scenario because that protected us throughout evolution. If we don't know how to manage that though, our self-worth gets tied up in all of this stuff. And before you know it, The thing you love to do more than anything has become the most painful, hardest thing in your life. And if saying you're good at what you do makes you feel icky, that's normal. It's normal. (laughs) A lot of people don't want to be arrogant, but that's not arrogance. That's owning the hard work you've put in. Owning all of those hours of practice and creating emotions that will help fuel positive action in your life. The jobs are scarce. The market is saturated. The competition is insane. But I hope that in the future, teachers will help their students become more aware of the motivation behind their practicing. To check in and really listen to see whether their beliefs in themselves is there. Because that's all everything. That's everything. It's literally all of it. Your mind is so powerful because your brain wants to prove itself right. So it'll get to work proving itself right, whether you feed it positive thoughts or negative thoughts or neutral thoughts. The system in place is scarce. And if you want to dive in headfirst in the industry, it's a freaking roller coaster. (laughs) But I have to believe that there's a way to do it. That doesn't come from a place of scarcity. For those of you who suffer from the good enough paradox, know that there's hope and that this concept is especially easy for musicians to grasp because your beliefs are just thoughts that you practice, just like the habits you build in your practice room. You can intentionally change your beliefs about yourself by practicing new thoughts. It takes time, but musicians are no strangers to delayed gratification. If this mindset sounds familiar to you, reach out. (laughs) I'm a one-on-one coach. 
And I love talking with people about this. Book a discovery call. It's totally free. We spend an hour talking about you, where you are, where you want to be, and to get to know each other, to see if we'd be good fit, a good fit to work together. But no pressure. If you just want to learn more about it, we can totally do that. And I hope you're doing okay. Because this stuff's hard. I hope you have a great week. If you're interested in taking this work further, I have a one-on-one coaching program that will help you get into the mindset of your dreams. If this episode resonated with you, I highly recommend booking a free discovery call with me. It's an hour on Zoom where we discuss where you are, where you want to be, and we talk about how mindset coaching can help get you there. Check out the link in the show notes to sign up.